Hi, you're uh, live with Corey from the Northwoods, where we're showing you that freedom is an adventure. We're finding ours, and you can too. I'd like to we'll go ahead and welcome you to our Saturday video podcast, where we have hopes to help build the RV community here on YouTube. I'd like to remind you that you can also catch the replay of this on an uh, actual podcast on Apple iTunes, uh, Google Podcast, and Spotify. So if it's your first time here, make sure you go ahead Click that subscribe button down below so you don't miss any of our weekly videos or live streams. So to get started, I'll go ahead and I, the first thing I would like to do is go ahead and shout out a couple great channels here in the RV community that we do each and every week. And if you haven't checked out any of these channels, please uh, feel free to go over, let them know we sent you there and uh, see what they have to offer. The first one I'd like to go ahead and shout out is Imagine Your Odyssey. Um, Jason over there has been doing a pretty good job uh, with his channel, putting out information that's useful for you, the RVer. Uh, so make sure you go check out Jason with Imagine Your Odyssey. The next channel I'd like to shout out is One Strange Adventure. Uh, this is Harold's uh, channel, and Harold is doing an awesome job over there. He's putting out fantastic content. It's entertaining. Uh, it's addictive to watch. So make sure you go check out Harold with One Strange Adventure. And then we can go ahead and we move on to today's guest, um, Paul the, from RV Reviews from the Air Force guy. Um, so we'll go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and pull Paul in here. And we'll get to know Paul and we'll ask him a few questions and uh, see how uh, things are with Paul. So. Let me oh. pull you up here and get you in a screen that maybe we can see both of us a little bit better. There we go. Good How to see you, doing, Corey? Good Wonderful. seeing you, too. I um, want to go ahead and start off by absolutely just thanking you um, for coming and joining us today. It's very much appreciated when uh, larger channels um, go ahead and help out us smaller channels and do collabs together. And absolutely appreciate uh, everything that you're doing for this community. Well, listen, it's, it's my pleasure, and I appreciate you uh, reaching out to me. I know that when, when I was small, when I was a smaller channel, I did reach out to a couple of the larger channels, and it was cricket. So uh, I, I said uh, at that point that, you know, when I go ahead and, you know, when I'm a larger channel and somebody else reaches out to me, I'm going to do my best to try and at least uh, reach back out to them and see if there's something we can do together. Yeah, and, you know, we're not uh, large by any means. We just barely broke a 1,000 here. Uh, but I'm already starting to reach out to smaller channels as well and see what we can do to try to help them along. And uh, it's a little bit of giving back. We've all had our struggles. So um, greatly appreciate and thank you very much. No doubt. And, uh, you know, all you smaller channels out there, just keep keep doing it. You know, content is king. And don't wait till you think you have it perfect before you put stuff out there. You know, things are you, they're not going to be the best. I know when I first started out, it was um, – all my videos were a one take and I used my iPhone and uh, didn't edit anything for quite some time. So, but just put the stuff out there. I've known a couple people that said they were going to get started, never did. It was all because in their minds, they never got the video, the way, you know, perfect the way they wanted it. Right. It's very easy to be a perfectionist and uh, you don't have to be. Go ahead and get the content out. Um, no doubt. Let your viewers well, be the judge of it. And, you know, and you're your own worst critic anyway so <laughs> sometimes it, it sometimes it's not the, the quality of the video itself it's more the content within the video right so. 
you know, um, we've been doing this just a little over a year, and I can't say as of yeah, I've put a video out in the day I put it out where I thought, you know, I nailed it. I'm good with it. Everything is like the next one I want to be better. Right. And right. it's just the way it is. But you have to just, you know, move forward and, and keep trying. So, um, th like I said, thank you very much for joining us today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, things like where are you from? Where do you work? Uh, what community involvement you do? and things like that outside of YouTube. Well, so so a little bit about myself. So I, I use the Air Force guy as my brand, and I do that. Uh, I did that because in the RV industry, I wanted people to remember my name. Well, remember who I was. And people have a hard time remembering names, right? Right. So that's where I came up with the, the, the Air Force guy. I started in the RV business back in 2001. And if we back up, I did spend almost 10 years in the Air Force of which two years I was an aircraft maintenance instructor on an F-16. Uh, so understand a little bit about teaching and, and things of that nature, educating and, you know, putting things together from that standpoint. So when I did get in the, air, uh, in the RV industry in 2001, um, you know, it was a learning curve. But in 2005, I decided to put together an RV use and maintenance book. Uh, which I give to every one of my customers. I've updated that over the years 18 times. And just uh, last June, I actually made it an ebook. Now, the ebook is not as comprehensive as the book I give to my customers, and that was planned. You know, I, uh, my, if, if anybody goes on um, the Amazon uh, books, ebooks, they're going to notice that mine's probably the, probably the most expensive on there. Well, I just think the content is good um, and it's worth it. And I'm not out there to sell a bunch of books. I think, you know, down the road, I'm sure I'll just, I'm going to do some more books and uh, try to continue that theme going on. But uh, so I, I've started, like, say, in, in, in 01, put the book out in 05. And then in 06, I started doing RV maintenance seminars at local campgrounds. To kind of talk to people about products, you know, aftermarket market products and how to maintain their campers. Because I think that's one of the misnomers out there. And I, I see it a lot where somebody says, well, the salesperson said I had a 12-year warranty on my roof. And they think for 12 years, they don't have to do anything. Um, and that's the farthest thing from the truth. Right. So that's why I do the things I do. This year, I'm going to shake things up a little bit. I'm going to be getting my own camper. And I'll be get, getting out and actually camping on a monthly basis. First camping trip. And although my camper's not ready yet, it was an ordered camp camper, so it won't be coming in out to push back. I'm supposed to have it now, so a little frustrating. It's pushed back probably a month at least. Uh, but uh, I'm going to be doing some camping this weekend, hopefully get some videos out from that. I'm going to try to expand upon the videos that I currently do. Currently I do, um, you know, walkthrough videos on campers. I'll do comparison videos, and I do how-to videos. And then on Thursday nights I'm doing – at seven o'clock, I'm doing uh, YouTube lives. And typically on those, what I'm trying to do is bring some type of content in a short period of time, typically 15, 20 minutes. And it's typically geared to something dealing with RVs and trying to educate people on that particular uh, product system, whatever it may be. Right. And that's kind of what we do with our Wednesday uh, night live streams too. We try to cover an RV topic um, you know, live stream is a, a quick and easy way to get content out there to, um, 
possibly try to educate somebody. Um, there's a lot of new RVers that start out that really don't have a clue when they first start. Um, so what content they can find is, you know, great to be out there. Uh, the other thing I would like to say is obviously is thank you for your service um, in the past and uh, and also your service to the RV community that you've done over the years. So uh, thank you very much for that. Well, I appreciate that. By the way, I didn't mention it. I started with the started with videos for YouTube back in January of 2016. So I've been doing it quite some time. I think I'm up to 700 videos currently. We're pretty darn close to that. So, but, uh, and you know, the thing you're saying about them not knowing things about the RV industry or RVs in particular, uh, the, the sad part about that is unfortunately, uh, there's a number of dealers out there uh, that have salespeople that don't know anything about the RVs. And I think in some cases mislead people. And it's, I don't think it's done on purpose. It's just done out of the fact that they don't know any better. Well, yeah, and, um, you know, and we also know that, you know, salesmen get a, a bad rap as it is because, unfortunately, it's an industry that has a lot of turnover uh, for salesmen, and some are just looking to get ahead and others aren't. You know, the ones that have been there for a long time, like yourself, um, you know, that are in there for the value that you're giving the customer, and then there's the ones out there that are a little bit more of a shark and, just looking for an opportunity. So sometimes people just fall into the wrong hands sometimes as well. But so anyway, and, so what are the, what are the questions do you have for me this day? Uh, all right. So I know you have a you have a list of uh, questions, and, and I'm going to do my best to answer them and uh, give you the the best answer I can anyway. Right. So altogether, how long have you been in the RV industry overall? Well, it's so I started in in the summer of the summer of two thousand one. Okay, so, so like you know, coming up on twenty, huh? yeah, coming up on yeah another year. I'll be you know hitting my 20, 20 year mark. Okay, and what got you started in the RV industry? Well, we actually uh, pulled in and uh, test drove an RV, and I had my own insurance business. It was coming on ten years. wasn't uh, too happy in the direction it was going. So I decided to sell my agency and uh, started the RV RV world. That's how I got started. Cool. And you currently have an RV right now. You say, I know you're still saying you're getting a new one. Well, I'm getting one. Um, I, I've used I, I use a number of different ones. I mean, I have access to pretty much anything I want uh, from you know travel trucks, fifth wheels, pop ups, motorhomes. You know, you name it. So I mean, I've. I, you know, I've towed fifth wheels, camped in fifth wheels, travel trailers, hybrids. I'm not camped in it. Well, I can say I haven't camped in a pop-up. However, I've been in pop-ups with other people that have been camping. Right. But, you know, then motorhomes I've, I've camped in as well. So, so your, your current rig that you're getting, what what was some of the deciding factors on um, the rig that you're actually getting now? Well, it was something that I can actually tow with my vehicle because that's all always critical, right? Right. Um, and... And I think that that's a large part of of my YouTube channel. I'm getting an it's a Tab 320 S uh, oh, from so New you're Camp. Going, you're going small then. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I'm doing that, you know, because the other thing is I could put that in my garage. Right. I had my house built. I made sure the garage door was going to be big enough uh, for my custom van that I had at the time. So I'm going to be able to push that thing right in the garage, and we're good to go. It's only 15 feet. 
Right. So I'll be able to keep it out of the way and uh, keep it out of the weather. But uh, more importantly, I'll be able to tow it. I just have a little minivan, and uh, that's what I'm going to be able to tow it with. Cool. Um, so what ended up prompting you to, to start doing uh, RV review videos? Well, that, you know, there was a time when, I guess, at Beckley's that, you know, a couple of people did a few. And then I just started, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to start doing it. Again, it was a way of me to give the individuals out there, customers that were looking to purchase an RV, give them a way of looking at something, getting an idea before they get to the, the, uh, the dealership is what my plan was. But then on top of that, then I, after I got that going, I'm thinking to myself, well, this could be bigger than that. And if I do it right and I continue to do it and um, put out enough content, well, then obviously that's also going to be driving people that are that are in the market to come see me. Right. And that, that's where I'm running into now. I mean, it, it, the first year I did videos, I had nobody call me from YouTube whatsoever. So anybody watching the videos, but it was my second year. I did 150 videos my first year and um, did not get any responses from that as far as anybody coming in. However, I had a really good feeling coming into the second year that I was going to start getting people calling me. And it, it did, uh, it did take off my first, my second year in doing videos. I think I had 15 people purchased from me in the, the next two years. I've had 25. So, you know, it's, it's getting there. And I think one of the great things um, YouTube has been able to provide for this market is I know like when we uh, was first getting into RVing and stuff and wanted to look at different floor plans and stuff like that. And obviously we're up here in a pretty rural area where even the, the uh, places that sell campers up here really don't have a large selection. Right. So it was nice to be able to one, you know, we could kind of, look around a little bit online we could find uh, videos of people going to camper shows maybe get a general idea but then get a more detailed uh idea with reviews like you do um of what that camper may or may not offer without actually ever having to actually step into the camper and at least have a little bit of, of knowledge of you know what your options are out there um you know, starting out, starting out, so much of this seems overwhelming, um, and these type of videos really help um, get a person, you know, running head start before they try jumping into that. You know, the the tool is there if they choose to use it. So, absolutely, and I know I've I've had people reach out to me, and you know, just because somebody reaches out to me, I I mean, I have that conversation with them. Um, I'm here to try to educate people, and I'm not necessarily here to sell somebody. Right. Um, and that's, I think that's a difference as well. And I do, it, I enjoy what I do. And that's why I do what I do. I don't feel like when I'm, when I'm out there videotaping or I'm editing a video or, you know, doing this, I don't feel like this is work to me. Right. And that's, that's when, uh, when you know, you've met your calling was when your work don't feel like work. Yeah, no doubt about that. So, uh, so out of your opinion, out of the RVs that you sell, uh, what would be your personal top five brands that are out there? Well, I think, I think the top brand, and this is something that has, has been around, just been around probably the shortest period of time from the ones that I that we actually market, and that would be the Grand Design products. Um, 
They're a phenomenal company. I really don't think, I mean, now, and don't get me wrong, there's other companies out there that do what they do. I just don't think that on the scale that they do it, you know, your teardrop companies, for the most part, I believe they do a phenomenal job backing up their product. But on a larger scale of what Grand Design is at, I do not feel that there's any other manufacturer out there that does what they do. And I think that they have, I think they've changed the RV industry somewhat by doing things the way they do. I mean, it floored me that they actually had people that come to work and their job is to sit there and watch Facebook right. and put out fires. I mean, who would have ever thought, right? Right. And I, I think they do a phenomenal job. And then, of course, they have the, the, uh, they have the meetups that they do. They set up in the different areas. I mean, they've got a, a bunch of different ones. And, you know, they bring their, their maintenance staff there to go ahead and uh, do small repairs and, you know, remove and replace parts and, you know, check things out, make adjustments for whatever. And I just think it's phenomenal from a customer service standpoint. And even for my customers that have had issues, I can, I can say hands down, Grand Design is the one that handles them the best. Yeah. And I, I, I think I can agree with that. Definitely. Um, you know, we've looked at a lot of RVs over the last few years and, um, going in all of them grand design is probably um our go-to for our next rv mm-hmm. and uh we really like the uh solitude fifth wheel uh line and looking around uh, you know at all the manufacturers that there is about the only thing i even have found that's even uh close that seems quality across the board would be like a jaco north point Okay. Um, and that's, you know, uh, that's saying something, because like you said, I think they did. I think they really changed the industry, and the other manufacturers have had to step up and try to produce something on a little bit better quality. Well, but see, case in point is this. You know, I had a customer that they had, and I'm not going to name the brand, but they had an issue with a tire, and it was within the first year. And, you know, I so I called my because they so they call my service. My service is going to give them, you know, the regular thing. Well, you know, you got to bring it in here. We got to do blah, 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 do all that stuff. Well, they didn't want to come in. So I just called my rep to see if they could do anything. They, they couldn't do anything. Um, so I called the, the tire manufacturer to get it handled. But yet then I had another customer of mine. They had a grand design. They had an issue with the tire. They Again, they called our service. Our service says, you know, you got to bring it in, blah, blah, blah. And they said they didn't. They called Grand Design directly. Grand Design said, no problem. Um, we'll send you out a tire. He says, well, I'm going on a trip for two weeks. I need a spare. They said, well, go buy one, send us a receipt, and we'll reimburse you. He said, okay. So he went and got a tire, and he thought that was it. He said, send him a receipt. Came back from his trip after two weeks. There was a box on his doorstep. They not only sent him a tire, it was on the rim. Right. So, I mean, and then they reimbursed him. So he had an extra tire. So I think the way they step step up and from a customer service standpoint and put out fires and make customers happy is phenomenal. And I mean, I've heard, heard of people that have bought one used and had an issue. There was one somewhere I heard they were an issue with a slide out and Grand Design made it right. So they're a phenomenal company. And there's not many like that. Anybody that's, if you're ever going to go take a look at a manufacturer, the good thing is if you go to Grand Design, there's other manufacturers right there 
in Indiana that you can go check out. And that way there you can see for yourself the differences on how they make things. So you can do those factory tours. So yeah, I've been to a number of them. I'll tell you what, they do have, they've got it dialed in. Yes, definitely. So what about your other four top fives? Well, I tell you, you know, and, and then again, too, you know, you've got to put things in perspective. Um, you know, Grand Design's a great company, but then you've got to say, okay, what's going to fit in my budget, right? Right, right. So, you know, we carry Keystone. And again, depending on what you're looking at, Travel Trail Fifth Wheel, that's another product that could fit in your in, in your budget. Right. Um, also, Freedom Express. I like the way that they do things as far as from construction. I even have a neighbor that, of, of ours that has a Freedom Express. And then from an entry-level standpoint, I think the Coachman Clipper, for what it is, it's a lot of camper for the money. And I tell you, we sell a lot of that because of that. And, you know, people always ask, well, Paul, what's the best camper to buy? And I said, the best camper to buy is, first of all, what fits in your budget. But I said, it doesn't matter which one you buy. If you don't take care of it, it's not going to be worth anything. So it doesn't matter whether you buy the least expensive or the most expensive. Just take care of it. Do the required maintenance, and you should be fine. Right. All right. Well, let's move. go ahead, and we'll move on from there. Um, so you've been in the industrial a very long time, and uh, what are some of the biggest uh, warranty issues across the board uh, do you typically see with most RVs uh, that are out there? Um, you know, do you see in mostly complaints of tires or, you know, what type of complaints do you see on your end? Well, I can tell you, you know, I have, not, unfortunately, I don't get involved in a, in a lot of the warranty things. I mean, customers do reach out to me if they have a problem. I just had a customer, you know, he picked up, picked up a travel trailer, you know, we did the show through everything. He went home, um, he put stabilizers down and one of them broke. Okay, now, I don't know. It's hard to tell. You know, did he, did he put too much weight on it? You know, I don't know how it collapsed or whatever. But, you know, that was a warranty issue. Now, we took care of that. We sent him, We just sent him out a new stabilizer, and it was fine. But, I, you know, slides could be an issue. But a lot of times, some of these warranty claims could be there, – there's a number of things it could be. And you just – you never know what it is. I don't see many on the tire, on the tire issue. Um, you know, a lot of people say that the um, a lot of people say the um, uh, China bombs out there, you know, right. Westlake tires. I just had a guest walk in, as you can hear the the dog going crazy. Apologize about that, but the um, the China bombs. I don't particularly think that the Westlake tires that the Westlake tires are that. Oh, let's go. Take one of these. Oh, sorry about that. Have yes, sure. But you know the Westlake tires—they talk about it being a uh, China bombs. And the problem you have—I've heard had people that have had issues with with uh, Goodyear tires. I've had people that have had issues with other tires. It, the one thing on the tire issue that you never know is you never know. Okay, were they towing it? Were they towing it too fast? Was it low pressure? Did they run over something? Those are the things you never know. Unfortunately, you never know what transpired for that tire to go because you only hear one side of the story. Right. So, um, 
you know, anyway, so in the tires. So again, I don't get involved in too much of the warranty things. And I can't say that I have with my customers. And I don't know if it's because, you know, that RV use and maintenance booklet that I give to them. I don't know if that's what helps them stay on top of things so they have less issues. I, you know, I, I just don't know. I can't say that I have had people that have had a lot of issues. You know, you have some that will have a water leak here or something there. And it was something, you know, like I, somebody just picked up a travel trailer the other day. They called me the next day and said their kitchen sink was leaking. And I said, where? They said the P-trap. I said, well, can you tighten it? And they said, well, it's coming out all over, right? And so, of course, I get it to where they come in and I call them back. They're like, oh, we got it. So sometimes it's just something, a minor adjustment that could be a warranty thing. So, again, I couldn't tell you, but I'm sure that a lot of people out there have certain warranty issues, you know, with axles, with tires, with slide outs, you know, roofs. I mean, a number of different things that could go wrong. Um, right. I just can't say that I've. I guess and, and like you said, um, you know, a lot of these things aren't really manufacturer specific when it comes to, you know, what breaks on an RV. That there's so many factors that are out there, um, you know, of conditions when you're hauling an RV down the road, um, you know, you don't really know. I mean, we've had, we had a blowout uh, once here a few years back, and and I attribute it to mostly because of heat. Um, you know, we were towing on a 97 degree day, and uh, we'd been on the road for about three hours, and um, you know, tires get hot. At the time, we didn't have a TPMS system uh, mm -hmm. to keep track of the temperature and uh, everything. We wasn't speeding. We wasn't overloaded. But, you know, when you're towing a 97-degree heat, um, things happen sometimes. So, That's right. So it's not like it's something where I blame the tire at all. Um, but, obviously, when I went to buy new tires, it's... It's a flooded market because, like you said, there's a lot of China bomb information out there. Mm -hmm. um, and for people trying to find decent tires for their RV, I think they're all decent to a degree. There's probably a couple manufacturers that are a little bit better. Um, right. We actually opted for the Maxxis tires. Okay. Um, you know, in a load range E, which was actually one higher than what our camper came with. Our camper came with the the D-rated tires, but our rim could still hold the pressure of the E. So we went ahead and we went to an E rating and um, made a world of difference in hauling and sway and and everything. So that was a really good move for us, and uh, they've been awesome tires, so we haven't had no problems since. But all right. that's, that's good. You know, and you, uh, good point you made about you don't know what the conditions are. One thing that I see that I, I see people have issues with though is electronics in their rvs right and, the and again that's not something that's necessarily tied to the manufacturer uh, right. you know those appliances could be suburban they could be furion they could be you know there's a manufacturer that makes them but it's not necessarily the manufacturer of the rv um, that those problems may be linked to you know they're, they're buying a product and installing it inside their product and um, it, it's not brand Pacific. It's not model Pacific. It just, um, they're just the hurdles that you have, uh, in the industry. Right. Well, the other thing that, that, that could cause these issues for people is if they're not using, as I would recommend an EMS surge protector. 
Correct. You know, and, and so, it, it makes you what's an electrical management system. Because I think one of the biggest problems out there at campgrounds nowadays is bad power. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and people think of a as a, uh, a surge protector, they think of surge. Right. And like you said, as far as the, the EMS, this is going to manage uh, everything, both surge and brownouts. And unfortunately, I know from uh, working in IT and dealing with some uh, high-powered equipment that often what damages uh, electronic equipment more often is the brownouts. You know, the low power will cause more damage sometimes than what the surge will. So, exactly. So yeah, definitely. Uh, I hate to see people you know try to go cheap on a uh, electrical protector for their RV because there is models out there and they might not know what the does. They think surge and they think that this is good. What's the difference? Why spend a couple extra hundred dollars? But right. um, and you know. I've seen RVs that had experience with brownouts and then later would have problems with air conditioning, uh, not staying cool or not working at all or furnaces not running. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of electronic components in these RVs that an EMS type system that might cost you between 250 to 300 some dollars uh, is far cheaper than having to replace them. That's for sure. And the one thing is, too, ladies and gentlemen, if you ever have an EMS surge protector plugged in at a campground and you're having an issue, it's throwing a code. Do not let that electrician at that campground or the so-called electrician at that campground talk you out of taking that out of the equation because you will end up having problems. Yes, because uh, one of the most dangerous situations, um, you know, if that box is not wired right, and uh, doesn't have a proper ground, uh, these RVs actually get their ground back through that plug. And if you don't have that, you can create a condition that's called hot skin, um, which could pro uh, produce an electrical uh, you know, shock when you touch the RV. So, you know, there's uh, some very high risk factors if you don't know that power's good or not. Yeah, no doubt. So anyway, yeah, hopefully people, uh, We'll take that in consideration. Right. Um, you know, it, it's, it is important. It's worth spending the extra money on. So what's some of the biggest trends that you're seeing uh, in the uh, RV industry this year? I know earlier, I'm not sure if you caught our interview that we had with uh, Josh, the RV nerd from Halet RV. I kind of talked to him a little bit. And mm -hmm. one of the trends that we saw at the, the camper shows we were able to attend before uh, this whole stay-at-home order stuff happened was uh, the suburban griddles that are the um, the Blackstone you know remake models that are showing up on a lot of the RVs. You know, Blackstone's huge in the RV world as of now, and uh, I was really surprised to see suburban right on that. Uh, you know, be able to provide that to uh, customers' new RVs. Well, they are, and I think you know you're you're going to see. I think you're seeing also a transition in the kitchen area of the ovens and the stovetops becoming more residential look, more residential style. Yep. You know, for those of you that might have had one that bought one two, three years ago or later, you know, you had to get down on your hands and knees to light the oven. You know, yep. those newer, the newer Furions, you don't have to do that. Um, so 
I think you're seeing you have, and then you have a light you can actually turn on, so you can actually look through the glass door to see what's in the oven. So you know, th there's always there's always uh, trends. I mean, people, you know, they're people always talking about well, you know, when are they going to put composting toilets in these? You know, some of the smaller ones. When are they going to do you know lithium? When are they going to do more solar panel? All these different things. And unfortunately, in the RV industry, the um, it's always they get a nickel and dime things as far as try to keep their campers in a certain price point. And so a lot of these things that somebody might be looking to do, they might end up having to do after the fact. Right. The one thing I I am kind of impressed in seeing, though, it seems to be a real uh, trend within the last few years. I think the RV industry is listening more to customers um, about what their experiences are and what their complaints are. You know, we're starting to see in here in the last few years more RVs that have better usable bathrooms, uh, bigger showers, um, you know, like this year, those Blackstone griddles. Um, like you said, everyone's complained for a lot of many years about the ovens and these things. Um, they're starting to be a little bit bigger, more usable. Um, you have the addition of newer technology with like the convection ovens um, and things like that. And I think uh, at least it seems to be that the industry is maybe listening to the uh, consumer's complaints a little bit more than the, what they ever used to in the past. Well, you, you, you hope so anyway. They, they, and they do their best. You know, they, they've, got, they've got certain... Uh, Certain things they got to work within, and so try to keep you know their product lines in a certain budget, and that's really what it comes down to. Right. And that's why you know you, you see that's why you end up seeing some of these companies that maybe have a higher end priced unit come out with something that's lower priced. Right, and like you said, it's all a matter of trying to keep it down where it's an affordable product to the consumer, um, but yet still try to offer as much as what the consumer may want. Um, obviously, if you give them everything, this thing's going to be expensive, real expensive. No doubt. So, I tell people, just, listen, you, you can you can have what you can have almost anything you want. It comes down to whether or not you can afford it. Right. Yep, definitely. So, out of all the videos you've done over there, as you said, you had what roughly about seven hundred videos or so. Mm -hmm. um, what's the type of videos that you typically get the most or the best feedback from? It, it, it seems that I, the feedback I get is on on certain pop-ups that I do and then teardrops. Those are where I'm getting uh, – and, oh, and also the truck campers, when I did the truck camper reviews, uh, that's where I've got the majority of my views as well as the majority of, uh, you know, uh, feedback. And I can kind of understand that because – um, you know, as we're trying to get more involved in the, the industry and stuff, and uh, there seems to be a really huge market um, in small campers, uh, off-grid campers, overland type of camping. Um, you know, those people that want to go out on to maybe state or um, national forest area or BLM land and stuff. And, you know, the smaller campers are obviously are a little more affordable than a bigger camper, too. Um, but it does I, seem to be I, a I don't huge know that, market. I don't know that, you know, these teardrops that, that, that I'm that I'm actually doing reviews on, 
when you compare the price of those to, you know, like let's say a Coachman Clipper, a little 21 foot, the Coachman Clipper is about half price of a Tab 320. Right. But yeah, that's, because, that's because of the cost of materials. Um, it's a larger company that builds it. And that's what I got to explain to people. When you're looking at the cost of a product, you've got to put some things into perspective. Is the company that's manufacturing that a large company or a small company? Where are they located? What um, what are they using as far as for the materials? Right. Because a lot of these are using higher end materials, and that's what drives up the cost. Their cost of labor is higher. Maybe they're not located in Indiana, so they get more shipping freight costs. So there's a number of different variables that drive up the cost of these campers. Yeah, and we looked at that tab that you're looking at when we were at the camper show, and I can say I was blown away um, of the quality that they put in such a small camper. You know, the materials, the workmanship, um, it is amazing what they're doing in that small of a form factor and willing to put forth that, um, that extra work that it takes to create such a quality product. No doubt. When I, I've, got, I've actually done the videos at the plant walking down the line so people could see as that product was being built. And I also did, then I did a separate video showing you behind the scenes where they're making the caps and all that stuff. And I'll tell you, those are pretty fun videos if the manufacturer allows you that kind of access. Right. right. So uh, we all have that bucket list uh, that we'd like to go to at some point in time. So what is your RV bucket list destination? Well, I'd like to just be able to uh, take off and, you know, travel the country to, you know, see a lot of the different places. You know, I mean, heck, you, you, we, we live in the United States, but how many of us have actually had the opportunity to go spend the time to go look at all these different places? I mean, I've driven through a lot of states. I haven't had an opportunity to sit down and actually enjoy them. Right. So that's that's one of my uh, biggest things that I'd like to do here. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. You know, we spend our lives working so hard, and uh, when we uh, do pass through these states, we don't stop to uh, enjoy what they have to offer. And um, there's a lot of places I'd like to still go. Um, you know, I've been to Colorado, I've been, you know, to South Carolina, and I've been to California and Texas and all around the country, and there's still a whole lot of places I'd like to go because, like you said, I've passed through a lot of places and never had time to really stop to enjoy it. So, right. All righty. So, what do you think is the first-time buyers uh, some of the biggest mistakes you've seen? They buy the wrong camper. Yeah, I think that's that's the largest thing. I think that what happens is they just get overwhelmed. And they buy the wrong camper. I mean, I tell people to understand one thing when they're out looking at these campers is what they feel is their perfect camper today in three to five years is not going to be. And right. in three to five years is your typical change anyway. Tell me your beer out um, But that is the, the thing I see that happens is they buy the wrong camper. So, but if, if they would get with somebody that could, um, take and actually hold their hand and explain to them some of the ins and outs. I think that that will lessens the chance that they're going to have that issue. Yeah. I know anyone that asks us, um, you know, on, you know, what we could offer them as far as knowledge, looking at buying a camper for the first time. First thing I tell them is one, 
Um, go to a camper show, but don't go to a camper show to buy. Go to a camper show to look, see what's out there, experience, but don't go to a camper show if you're going to go in an impulse buy, um, you know, because you're going to end up coming home with a camper that's not right for you. Um, either, you know, we've seen everything across the board from either it's just, you know, a layout that doesn't work for them or a camper that's too expensive for their budget that they ended up getting into or, mm -hmm. um, and even the RV we have now, we got our RV because the, somebody actually did that. They went to a camper show and bought a RV and it was actually, uh, too much for their budget. They couldn't afford it. And, uh, they ended up needing to part ways with it. So. Uh, for people buying used, sometimes you can find a really good deal that way. But if you're looking to buy a new one, I don't suggest uh, just run into a camper show and say, hey, we're buying a camper today. So, The other thing, too, on that, do not think that you're going to go to a camper show and get educated on RVs. Right. Sales, the salespeople don't have the time to talk to you, and you're really not going to have the opportunity unless it's a slow day. Okay? Right. Unless you go in the you know. Sometimes they have slow days. If you go on a slow day, salespeople will take all the time in the world with you. But if you go on a busy day, you're not going to really be able to see the RV, and you're not going to be able to really learn about things. So maybe just go and try to look at floor plans and uh, different brands to narrow, narrow down your search. And understand that by the time you're into it an hour or two, everything's blending together. Right. And for those that have never attended a camper show as of yet that may um – Think that they want to um like you said you want to go when it's slow if you can go one of those early days that they have maybe on a wednesday thursday uh mm -hmm. it's a good time to go because by the time you get to friday and saturday a lot of these rvs that you're wanting to look at you're probably going to be pretty crowded going in and out of uh to even really spend much time even really looking at them um you know so be upfront about that that it's going to be uh, a little hectic if you go on a weekend uh, at some of these camper shows. So, yep. No doubt about that. All right. So what value um, for the new viewer that happens to land on your channel, what do you think the biggest value that they can get out of uh, your channel and the content you provide? I think the value is, you know, so I, I do I do video reviews, I think, a little different than most people. I've had some people complain that I guess they're too too much too in-depth. Um, so, But I think that's the thing that I'm giving you, is I'm giving you the opportunity to see that RV. Um, and also, if you want, I have the how-to videos, so on the different systems, refrigerator, LP bottles, yep. um, um, water heater, the furnace, your air conditioner. I have those how-to videos that can help you walk through even the awnings the, with these electric awnings out there. You have different ones that are out there and I walk you through those. And I think that's where the value that I bring to it. It's not just, you know, you see some of these channels where it's just a video and they're really not saying anything. It's, it, it's just a pan through uh, different parts of the RV inside and outside. They're not giving you any information. I'm trying to tell you what the feature is and what the benefit is for you. Right. And, uh, I can attest to that because uh, I think the first video I ever saw of yours was probably uh, here a couple years ago, and it was on how to use your Dometic refrigerator and uh, how to you know switch from electric and gas and all that stuff. 
and that was one of the first videos I ever saw of yours, um, long before I ever knew who you was the man, and, uh, you know, and it was helpful for what we were looking for, and uh, it added value to us, and obviously, uh, you know, once you started having involvement within the RV uh, group that's going around here on uh, YouTube, um, it was one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out to you is because of, um, you know, the fact that we found a video initially that helped us at the time. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, that video still still gets, that's one of my top videos every month. Yep. Still. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, I've had some friends that have just bought brand new campers and aren't familiar with it. And some of the first questions they have is, how do I work the fridge? Uh, when and wh why do I have to use the water pump? Um, you know, it's, it, some of it's just simple, but some of these RV dealers out there aren't given a real good walkthrough when they, um, hand over the camper to you and, um, they don't really know where to start sometimes. And sometimes it's just the very simple things like that, that might just take a little frustration out of somebody's first time out and, uh, help them out. So, well, that's um, then Great I, job that you're doing over there. I appreciate that. As a matter of fact, you know, I did. I had a GM from another RV uh, company. Well, I would say company, another RV dealer, a GM who knew who I was, refer one of their employees down to purchase from me because of the product that they they didn't sell it and they couldn't get it. Turns out this individual is the one that actually does the walkthroughs at that dealership. No, and. I'm walking him around his unit that he's buying, and he, he looks up at the Swintech slide. He says, oh, I hate these slide outs. I said, why is that? He says, there's no way to manually override it. I said, really? I said, who told you that? He says, our mechanics at, at, at our dealership. I said, let me show you. So then I showed him how it worked. He didn't understand how that worked. He didn't understand um, how the automatic switchover works on the LP bottles. I'm sure when he comes in to actually pick up his unit next month, I'm sure there's going to be a few other things that I'm going to be able to teach him so that his actual walkthroughs are probably going to go ahead and increase as far as from an uh, explanation standpoint. So, but he was very, he was very thankful that I showed him how to manually override those Swintech slides. A lot of people don't understand how to use them properly. I, I did a video on that. I think I'll probably do another one just to make it more succinct. Um, but I tell you, it's a great system if it's on the right size slide out. Right. There's some some manufacturers out there that put them on a full wall slide, and they're adding instead of two two uh, instead of two motors, they have four motors, and I just think it's a bad idea. Yeah, I think it's a good system for like you said, like the bedroom slides or maybe a yep. bunk slide, but they put them on that super slide, and it's I don't really agree with that either. It's, I think it's going to cause a lot of wear and tear um, that's not needed on them when there's better uh, slide systems that can handle that kind of. Well, and the reason why the reason why they switched to that is because of cost as and as well as weight. Right. But anyway, that's another story. You're right. You're right. So, um, what new uh, do your visitors to your channel might be able to expect over the next year and beyond? Uh, are you looking to expand in anything of that you offer your viewers or um, of that? Well, and I think, you know, I just started just recently, and I think all because of what had transpired, I, start, I started doing the, the lives. So that's something that's new. But I think what 
moving forward, I think what you're going to see newer is the fact that I'm actually going to be out camping at least once a month. So now I'm going to be coming out with actual how-to videos when you're at the campground and you're right. setting up your camper or you're breaking it down or, you know, you're washing your camper, you know, the proper, you know, things to use to wash your camper, to wax, things of that nature. Right. Because so, there's a lot of there's a lot of products out there that we carry them as well in our in our parts store. And I bring those with me when I do my RV maintenance seminars. And tell people, you know, I bring products that I like, explain to them why I like them and what they're for. And then I bring also I bring products that are out there that I don't particularly care for. And I tell them the reasons why. Now, just because just because I don't like them doesn't mean they're a bad product. So just right. you know, hear me on that. So I just kind of give people my my professional opinion and let them take that and use that the way they want. So that way they're they're making an educated decision when they do so. And the thing I think is great with these uh, live streams. I know live streams have increased uh, tremendously across YouTube over the last year. Um, but I do think that they offer a very unique um, experience for the viewer to maybe um, have a better connection with you on the other end. Um, you know, they watch the videos and stuff, and um, most of our videos, you know, are scripted to some point. On, you just don't get that personal connection feel like you do when you're uh, watching a live stream where maybe it feels like it relates a little bit better. Well, you can interact with them so that if questions come up, right. you know, then at least you can have that interaction with the person watching where you're not going to have that interaction as much with a video. You know, you, I mean, people could still leave comments down below video, but then it's a matter of us getting back to them. Whereas we could be speaking directly to them you know, speaking to somebody and explaining something to them, I think comes across different than if I'm typing it out. So your channel has been around for a, a fair bit of time now. Do you see um, upswings, downswings over the course of the year with uh, RVers that are uh, maybe seasonal or, or do you see pretty much uh, a constant flow of, of views and things like that to your channel? Well, I tell you, you know, uh, back in, what the heck, what, I think it would have been 2017. I mean, I had a tremendous upswing in, this is, you know, I was relatively small at that time, but I, I had a tremendous upswing. I mean, I was having, you know, over 200,000 views in a month for a few months um, in 2017. But then, they, you know, they started coming down and I was getting somewhere in the $125,000 range, a 25,000 view range. And then it's it dropped even further down to about, you know, 90 to 95,000. And I've noticed now it's starting to tick back up a little bit. Uh, that's always a challenge. But my thing is, I don't necessarily do the videos um, to see how many views I can get. Because I mean, if I did that, and I know I've heard some people talk about how they feel it's not worth it to do a, do a video because it don't, it's only getting 500 views. I mean, I have some videos I only get a few hundred views on. But right. the point is, I do that video so that individual that, that's looking for that video, that it's there. And I'm not doing it to see, okay, well, all right, I'm not going to do that video again because it only got 300 or 500 or 1,000 views. Right. My thought is it's more about putting out that content for the person that's looking for that content. Right. That's a good way to be. 
Um, you know, because like I said, if you're putting out informational stuff, uh, you never know who or when's going to need that uh, information. And uh, you never know. Somebody might need it three years from now, but if it's there, it's there. Yeah, it's always there, right? Yep. All right, Paul. Well, I'd like to thank you again for joining us today and uh, sharing a little bit of sneak peek about what you're about and what your channel's about. And uh, the community here on YouTube is lucky to have you and the information that you provide it. And uh, with that, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and let you drop off and uh, we'll go ahead and I'll get this wrapped up today. So, well, hey, I appreciate and I do appreciate uh, you uh, inviting me on here, and I appreciate everybody that, that goes and views my channel. 90% of the people that are actually viewing my channel or my videos are actually non-subscribers. So um, I only have anywhere from 8 to 10% of the people that actually are subscribers that are watching my content. So, But I do appreciate everybody that does uh, watch my content. Whether you, you know, If you like it, that's great. If you leave a comment, that's even better. But uh, I do appreciate it. And if there's something in particular that you'd like me to cover at any particular time, same thing with you, Corey. If you guys... There's a particular how-to video or particular uh, product that we carry that you'd like me to review for you. Just reach out to me. More than happy to do that for you. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Have a great evening, and uh, again, I do appreciate it. All right, thanks, Paul. Care. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. That's Paul Arvu uh, from the RV Reviews from the Air Force guy. If you haven't checked out his channel, I encourage you to go over there and check it out. He has a ton of uh informational video to help you guys out uh and anything that you might need or want to learn about rvs uh chances are he might have a topic uh on his videos to help cover that so go over there watch his videos um give him some likes on his videos comments things like that go ahead and show him some love and while you're at it make sure you give us a thumbs up down below subscribe if you haven't and as a reminder you can watch the replay on this on YouTube, or if you would rather listen, you can do that on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, so with that, don't forget, uh, we have a Wednesday night live stream every week at 8 p.m. Eastern, and then we do these live video podcasts on Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern. So with that, I'll go ahead and I'll let you guys go. And thank you very much uh, for joining us today. And we'll see you at the next time. Bye.